one of the things that happens very often when you're a mom, I, I, I hear this all the time from moms, is they say this, and maybe a lot of the moms are gonna agree. I did not know how evil I was till I had children. <laughs> Any moms feel that way? Like all of a sudden you realize, hey, I, I've got some things in me that aren't quite as good as I thought. Uh, and, and you begin to kind of do some self-analyzation of that. And then one of the things that happens to moms very, very often is you feel judged. Uh, and you don't like it, but you feel it. Uh, you know, when your kids are messing up in the store and screaming, you have this feeling like all the eyes are on you thinking, what kind of a mother would let their kids act like this? By the way, the, the worst is not the moms. The worst is the people who've never had children that think they can do better, right? Or maybe you look at what your kids are wearing and you're thinking, how do I let them out of the house wearing that? And then you feel like everybody's looking at you. How could a good mom let them dress that way? Or, or you know what, is, is you get the, the idea in that moment, you know, that your kids have a, a, a black eye. And so you're walking through the store and you want to stop everybody saying, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, it happened at school. You know, and so there's this feeling very often where you're a mom, that, that people are judging you, they're looking at you, they're evaluating you, they're analyzing you. And I would say without a doubt, nobody likes that. And if you're a mom, you don't like that. I, I remember hearing about a woman who, uh, uh, what happened is she went through a kind of turmoil in her life and she was a single mom, decided to move back home to where her family was from. She had been away for years. She got a really good job in a bank. So she moves back with her and her daughter and uh, right away, she feels like she's being judged. She's being judged because, you know, uh, she's a single mom. She's being judged because she's struggling to balance the schedule. Uh, she's being judged because when science fair day came, she didn't do a good job on the science project. Uh, and but I don't know how many of you think this. I think science fair is like the curse from hell. But anyway, she felt bad about it. And there was one woman in particular who just seemed to target her, seemed to judge her, seemed to always make those remarks. And that woman happened to be the head of the PTA. And she now was a part of that. So she had to see her regularly. And she, she, every time she was like, what are you going to say now? How are you going to attack me now? What are you going to do now? Well, one morning uh, she gets up and she's getting her daughter ready. And her daughter says, mom, we have the cake for the bake sale, don't we? And she said, oh my gosh, I forgot. She runs in, opens the oven, and realized she forgot to pull the cake out the night before, and it's fallen completely. This, this cake for the bake sale's a disaster. And she looks at it, and she doesn't know what to do. She can't bake another one. It's really time to go. She gets the cakes out, and she's thinking, will icing somehow cover this? But it's just in both, both cakes, both parts of the topping are just dead in the middle. And then she gets an idea. She cuts out a hole in the center. She goes and gets a roll of toilet paper, stuffs it inside, and, uh, and then she ices it and steps back, and it looks awesome. Of course, it's not awesome, but it looks awesome. And she's like, this will work. So she gets her daughter. She gives her $40. She said, whatever you do, you buy that cake. I want you, you do not come home without that cake. 
And her daughter's like, we're buying our own cake. She goes, yes, we're buying our own cake. You must buy it. Pay all 40, I don't care. And so she drops the daughter off and the daughter goes into school and she thinks, oh, this is incredible. This will work out. Well, all day she kind of forgets about the cake until she pulls up to pick up her daughter and her daughter comes walking out with no cake. And she said, where's the cake? And she goes, mom, when I went back to buy it, it was gone. It was the first cake anybody bought. And she goes, you got to be kidding me. She goes, was our name on it? And she goes, I don't know. And she goes, oh, now she's mortified. Someone's going to cut into that horrible cake and find toilet paper. You know? And so she's freaking out about it. Well, that day also was another PTA meeting at the home of the judgmental woman. So she shows up, walks in. The woman's house looks beautiful, of course. Everything's in place. The table's set perfectly for them to have a snack or dessert afterwards. And so they go ahead and have their meeting. The woman does make some comments at her like she thought for sure. And then it came time to have their dessert. And the woman comes walking out with the cake. And she thought, I can't believe it. I, oh, she wants to die. She wants to shrivel up and hide away. And the woman walks out with this cake and all the other women go, oh, that cake is beautiful. And the judgmental woman says, yes, I baked it from scratch. <laughs> and the bank president lady goes, there is a God. You know, so, Yeah. But you know what, is I, I want to say this, is that nobody likes to be judged. None of us like to be judged. So here's the thing I want to ask you to think about, because I'm thinking about this. If I don't like to be judged and you don't like to be judged, why would we judge others? Doesn't that make sense? The very idea that if I don't like it, why would I do that to somebody else? And so we need to kind of think about that because we find out that people tend to be very judgmental. Uh, the Bible says not to do it. Jesus clearly said not to do it. We're going to be in James where James says don't do it. And none of us really like having it done to us. So it would make more sense than ever not to be that way. But one thing we know in studying this is that one of the reasons people tend to judge, and, and you probably are going to go, well, yeah, I get that, is because we can be insecure. Did you know the more insecure you are, the more judgmental you tend to be? In a moment where your insecurities are heightened, you tend to be more judgmental. And uh, it's a part of a sinful human condition, not a healthy human condition. So I, I try to keep this in mind. When I'm being judgmental towards someone else, that reveals more about me than them. Uh, I don't know if you think about that, but when I find it rearing up inside me, those feelings of looking down on someone, those feelings of judging them, I, I have to do a gut check moment and go, this says more about me than them. And God would say the very same thing. The Holy Spirit would say the very same thing. So James, James says, don't be judgmental. Don't be judgmental about people or situations. And in this section of James, he ends it. He sums it up in James 4.17 with these words. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, it's sin. 
That is a, a, an important verse to always keep in mind. Very often we see sin as doing the wrong thing. James says that sin is also knowing the right thing to do and not doing it. Uh, when I know I should serve my wife and I don't do it, that's sin. When I know I should stop and help somebody and don't do it, that's sin. Uh, when I don't uh, uh, take the spiritual gift that God has given me, and I know the right thing to do is to, to take that gift that God has given me and use it to bless other people, that's sin. And, and so when we know the right thing to do and we don't do it, God says that is, that is missing the mark, which that's what sin means. And you're not living the life you should. And so the interesting thing about this verse, James 4, 17, is it sums up not only the book of James up to this point, but it sums up directly the section just ahead of it. So let's go all the way back up to verse 11 and notice what it says. Because one thing that we all know is the right thing to do is to not judge other people. And if I judge other people, that makes me prideful. That's what we talked about last week. And that's sin. So what does it say in James 4.11? It says, don't speak, against, uh, don't speak evil against each other. Notice how he begins. He goes, watch what you're saying. Watch what's the words that are being generated in your mind that are actually coming from your heart and, and the very often come out of your mouth. He said, so you know what I'm telling you to do? Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law of God, not to judge whether it applies to you. So here's what I, I, I think about when I read this passage. There's a theory in psychology called the negative bias theory. Now, I want you to ask this question if you agree with it or not. I, a lot of research has been done. A lot of things have been said about it. The negative bias theory. Do you know what that is? That is that the majority of people, almost everybody, tends to go to the negative and not the positive. That we just all tend to be negative people. Uh, by the way, the negative bias theory doesn't believe that's good for you. Uh, when it, whenever you become judgmental, and that actually creates stress in you that is not healthy stress, but unhealthy stress. Whenever you go negative about a situation, uh, it increases the stress in you. And the, your body is releasing uh, neurochemicals and other uh, chemicals in your body that actually on the long haul aren't good for you. So we know when we're negative, that actually has a negative effect on us mentally and physically both. And yet we tend to be negative people. So the negative bias theory is we tend to go negative. We tend to go negative about other people. We tend to say negative things about other people. And this is where God says, don't be that way. Don't speak evil. Don't slander. Don't put down. And, and, and be very aware of what's going on inside you. Now, in the midst of the negative bias theory is something that I am very intrigued with. In the negative bias theory is this. We tend to magnify the fault in others and minimize the fault in ourselves. Did you know that you do that? You and I tend to magnify the fault in others and the very same fault that's within us, we minimize that. 
So we do that by making excuses for ourselves that we would not give to anybody else. Uh, I'll give you an example. When somebody lies to you, you can go negative and say, well, you're just a liar then. You're always lying. I can't trust you. But there's a problem with that because we lie. Would everybody here agree you're a liar? No, okay, some of you won't. You liars. No, <laughs> no, no. How, how many people in here have told a lie? Go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, everybody, right? And you ready? The Bible actually says everybody's committed two sins for sure. One is you've lied, the other you've stolen. Uh, we won't get into the stealing one, but I, I promise that's true of you too. Um, so everybody can be convicted of that sin. The problem though is we also look at other people and we magnify that in them and minimize that in ourselves. So when they lie, we think, well, you're just such a liar. You're not trustworthy. I could never trust you. You know, that's it. I'm done with you. And then we turn around and lie too. But then we make excuses. Well, I know I lied, but I didn't want to hurt their feelings. I, I know I lied, but I didn't want to make the situation worse. I know I lied, but I just didn't, I didn't want to have to get into it. And you know what? It goes on and on and on that we minimize the very thing that we do, that we maximize when we look at someone else. So what James is saying is, do you know what you're doing? You're judging other people and you're speaking evil. And he says, don't do that. Don't do it. Maybe the best way to stop it in you is just don't allow yourself to say it and, and try to start changing the words in your mind. In other words, the minute I start to think, well, they're such a liar, I ought to stop and go, wait a minute. Father, you know my heart. I know I've lied before, and I know you forgive me for it. And so, Lord, I want to give grace to them. I, I want to know they don't always lie. I want to know in my heart that even right now, maybe there's a reason behind it I don't understand. Are they afraid? Maybe, by the way, here's a good one. Am I doing something to make them feel so unsafe they can't tell me the truth? Maybe that's my problem, not theirs. Maybe I've, I've put them into that situation because I react too harshly, too intensely, too strongly. Maybe I need to take a better look at me. By the way, if you live that way, you'll be so much better off. You'll be so much calmer. You'll be so much more filled with joy. People will like you better. And get ready for this, you'll like you better. If we would just do what James said. So James says this to us. He goes, why are you judging other people when, for the very thing you do? Why are you judging other people for the very thing you do? And so in James 4.11, we already read that verse. Look at it again with me. It goes, but your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you or not. And see, that's that idea of minimizing and maximizing uh, is what happens is I, I feel like God's law applies to them, but not to me <laughs> because I excuse myself. And he said, when you do that, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a judgment seat you should never be in. You don't have the right to sit in. So we're told clearly not to slander other people. In Psalm 15, verse 1, it says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? 
Who may be close to you, God? Who may be with you? And it says, who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. But catch verse three. He does not slander with his tongue. He does not slander with his tongue. Nor does evil to his neighbor, nor take up a reproach against his friend. Uh, you know what? I, I think that's so interesting. The Bible warns husbands, don't be bitter against your wives. And the Bible warns all of us, don't take up a cause against a friend. You know, we ruin so many good relationships by going down this road. And, and in the end, it's almost always not the right perspective to have because our perspective gets off according to the negative bias theory, which I actually believe is true. So he says, I don't want you to slander other people. And then he actually goes deeper. He goes, don't even judge because you should never be in the seat of judgment. In James 4.12, it says there's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So God says this. He says, Chuck, you, you don't know enough to judge people. You aren't fair enough to judge people. You're not aware enough to judge people. So why would you do it? And here's the really good news. Get ready for all, the, all you who are believers in here. Here's the really good news. We are never gonna sit in the judgment seat. Isn't that a good thing? God is great at being in the judgment seat. He doesn't need our help. We can just hope for people and love people and bless people and forgive people and let God handle all the rest. And he says, that's what I want you to understand. There's only one lawgiver. So don't, don't be a person who's judgmental. Now, I want to go back to something else. What is another reason that we found that people judge? Uh, one is they can be insecure. Another reason we can be judgmental is because of the negative bias theory. Another reason we can be judgmental is what's called the social comparison theory. That is where we determine our worth by comparing ourselves to others. So you know what is, is we tend to find ourselves devaluing ourselves when we compare ourselves to somebody who has more or is better, but we tend to elevate ourselves when we find somebody who's worse than we are. And we're actually better at focusing on people who are worse than we are. That's the social comparison theory. So you know what? Uh, you and I, we can rate how messy we are or not how messy we are based on other people. And we tend to focus on those who are messier than us because then that way we feel better. Uh, we, we can look at how bad somebody is. Well, I know I don't do everything right, but I'm not as bad as so-and-so. And then we judge them, and that makes us feel better. And so what happens is when we practice the social comparison theory is that we actually tend to look for that. Um, I, I, I want to tell you that, you know, definitely a lot of us, are, and I'm one of them, I struggle with my weight. So if I'm around somebody who struggles more with their weight, <laughs> then I feel really good about me. And you're going, but wait a minute. That's not okay, and it's not. 
That's just so interesting. It's not. And would you even agree with this? It's not accurate. It's not accurate to reality. And, and James is calling for us to live in the reality that we're in and be honest about who we are and not compare ourselves to others. So James warns this. He warns that the judgment you use is, is going to be visited back on you. Now, where does he get that from? He gets it from Jesus. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 says, don't judge so you won't be judged. Don't judge so you will not be judged. And so God says, I don't want you to be judgmental or else it's coming back on you. And then listen to how Jesus goes on to word this. He says, for in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold the log that's in your own eye? And then I, Jesus drives it home. You hypocrite. You hypocrite. So when I'm judging you and I'm doing the same thing, I'm a hypocrite. I remember one time I heard a person say, I don't, I don't want to go to the church because it's filled with hypocrites. And I said, you bet it is. And the good news is if you come, you'll be in a club with us because you're a hypocrite too. We're all hypocrites. We all say one thing and do another. Aren't you glad there's a God who forgives? Yeah, and he just loves you, yeah. He said, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. See, um, I want you to think about that. Have you ever got really angry at somebody for being late? And then the very next meeting, you were going to be late. I, I, I've done that. Let me just self-report. I'm really big about being on time. And so when someone is late to staff meeting, I feel that's a sign of disrespect. And so what happens is I'll let it go once or twice. Then I'm, I, I try to lay the law down. All the people on staff know that, I think. And so I'll let people know, don't ever be late again. And the last time we were having a live staff meeting, I told somebody that. Then the very next staff meeting, I'm, I'm frantic to get here on time because I just told them not to be late, but I'm going to be late. Isn't that interesting? My uh, youngest son, Tim, got in a car accident. I got the call, and, and Pam happened to be with me, and it was dad, I'd been in an accident. And I said, oh my gosh, Tim, how could you do it? Pam looked at me and goes, no, you're supposed to ask, is he okay? Is he okay? And I thought, well, I want to know if the van's okay. So I drive over and I find out our son, Tim, had hit a woman who attends our church. And I get out of the car. And by the way, she was in the midst of cancer treatment. And so she, her health's not real good. And he rear-ended her. And I get out of the car and I'm walking up. And she goes, Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chuck, he's okay. He's okay. And I'm thinking, no, he's not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, are you okay? She goes, I'm fine. And my van will be fine. And I know you have insurance. And she goes, don't worry about it. We all do that. And she could not have been more comforting to Tim. And then I looked at Tim, I, I'm like going, okay, we'll just have to figure out how you get to basketball practice. And she turns and goes, I'll take him. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling worse. 
But I actually said, Tim, come on, you got to be careful. No more of that. Two nights later, I get in an accident. Two nights, not even one. Two days, not three. Two days later, bam, I hit somebody. And the whole time I'm driving home thinking I got to face my son. Do we do that to each other? And the Lord says, you know better. You know better. So, so the Lord is saying to you and I, be wise when it comes to this. Be smart when it comes to this. Don't be so hard on others. And by the way, let me tell you, you might be surprised at this. God, most of the time, is saying, don't be so hard on yourself. Because God is a gracious God. God is a loving God. God is a restoring God and a redeeming God. And so he said, I just want you, I want you to know it's not okay. It's not good for you. It's not right for you. And he goes, you know what? Life's too short. So in James 4, he actually says that. He goes, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or we'll do that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. What is James saying? He's saying, you know, life is short. You know, you keep acting like you have tomorrow. You don't for sure have tomorrow. Uh, I think if anything good, and there actually is more than one thing good that came out of this COVID crisis, is we realize how quickly our lives can be turned into chaos, how quickly things can change. By the way, I, I don't think that's, that will change. I think we're going to be living in a world that's going to quickly flip and do wild things and weird things. And the Lord says, you know what? Just be better at loving people in that moment. Be better at making good decisions. Know, know that in the end, you want to be wise in how you live and the way you love. And so the Lord is saying, don't judge others. Don't be so hard on others. And, and realize that life is short. That relationship matters more than you know. That person matters more than you know. And, and live your life more focused and more ready to really care for other people the way you should. And so I'm going to ask you this. How are you doing with really forgiving, really being gracious, really loving and really caring because to him who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, the Bible says, you're in sin. And when God says that, his goal is to have you and I not live that way. So right now, let me ask you a question. Where are you with the Lord? Are you in a relationship with him that is real and vital? Are you finding him guiding you and leading you? Do you live your life according to what we just read where, where James says you instead you ought to say if the Lord wills and that you live your life according to God's will and not your will. So you're able to say the words of Jesus, thy will be done. Thy will be done, not my will be done. And are you experiencing God that way? And maybe right now you need to start 
You need to make a move to start living better and living right by committing yourself to the Lord or recommitting yourself to the Lord. Maybe right now, this would be a great time for you to say to the Lord, forgive me, take me back. You're a believer and you need to come back to God. Maybe this is your moment to do that. Or maybe you've never committed your life to the Lord at all. You've never made that real commitment where you experienced him in a very real and vital way. And today you need to do that. So how do you do it? Well, the Bible says there are two steps we take to begin what the Bible calls a walk with God, a relationship with God. And the first is you pray and you say to the Lord, I want this, I'm in, I'm committing myself to you. And the Lord wants you to actually voice those words to him. He wants you to say it. And it matters. It matters when you do. And then the next step is to make it known. God wants you to be out there with your faith, out there with your relationship with him, to take a visible, visible stand that you love the Lord. So right now we're gonna go to prayer and I'm hoping some of you would say, you know what? I know too many times I've been judgmental. Too many times I've been hard on others. So many times I've been hard on myself. And today you could let all that go and begin to live in the love and have the life that God wants you to have. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be with every single one of us so that we, we would truly be yours. Truly experience a life where your love is upon us and you're, God, you're guiding us, you're moving, you're showing us things. So I pray right now that we would all have that. But I pray in particular, Lord, for people who need to open their heart to you and commit their life to you. God, I pray for someone who's here today that's hurting. And uh, today their family is not what they were hoping it would be and they don't see any way to get that back. I pray today they would know that this is a time to call out to you. This is a time to go to you. I pray for someone who's here today and they've hurt some people so badly because of how judgmental they've been. And it's time to humble themselves before you and, and actually know that after they pray this prayer, one of their next steps is to go and ask for forgiveness so they can begin again. I pray for someone, Lord, who's caught up in something that that's hurting them badly. And God, if they don't make a move today to get out of it, something even worse is coming. And I think they know it. So I pray today, Lord, they would open their heart to you and allow themselves to be set free. Right now, I'm gonna lead that prayer. And if that's you, if God's calling, maybe God's touching you in a special way, maybe something's happening inside, pray this prayer with me. Say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Actually, say the words, Lord Jesus. I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. Then say these words. Say, most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. 
I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. If those are the only words you could get out, say them. Say, I say yes. I say yes to you, and I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Wow, praise God if you said that prayer. That is so powerful. Most important prayer you will ever say right there. So thank you so much. If you said that prayer, we would love to connect with you. Go to crossroadschurch.family and fill out that link. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to come to your house. We really just want to walk alongside of you, make sure that you have all the necessary tools that you need. We can pray with you, give you some next steps to take as well. So go to crossroadschurch.family if you said that prayer. If you're looking for your next step, if you're not sure what's going on and what you need to do to grow in your faith, you can also go to crossroadschurch.family and click on the link that says next steps. We'll be able to walk you through what your next step looks like, be able to plug you into the church so you can serve, join a life group, maybe even get baptized, like Pastor Chuck was talking about, making it public. So head to crossroadschurch.family right now. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and see you guys next week.